Welcome to the seventh episode of the Larry Crawford Leadership Podcast. The purpose of our podcast is to come alongside you and help you become the leader you were created to be. I had the opportunity this past week to hang out with the number one leadership expert in the world, Dr. John C. Maxwell, and a group of other outstanding leaders. Uh, let me just share some of the names. Dr. Tim Ilmore, uh, Chris Godey, uh, Tracy Morrow, uh, Pastor Chris Hodges, Don Yeager, Chris Robinson, Mark Cole, and so many others. Had the opportunity to be in the room with them uh, for three days and walked away with 27 typed pages of insights to help me become the leader I was created to be. What I want to do on this episode is I want to share with you 13 takeaways. Now, there's many, many more takeaways other than the 13, but I want to share 13 takeaways that I learned or relearned or was able to grow stronger in that I believe that will be helpful to you as a leader. Number one, instead of being goal-oriented, become growth-oriented. Now, I've shared on this in the past. I, I believe very much in setting goals and setting smarter goals, but goals are automatic if you're growing. And so if you establish yourself with a growth mindset, now one of the ways that they talked about doing that is developing a growth environment. What I want you to do is I want you to think about your environment and is it an environment where you're growing or is it an environment where you're staying the same? Uh, it's one of those two things. And if we're staying the same, we're actually slipping back instead of growing forward. Uh, some of the things they suggested in the way to develop a growth environment is make sure that in that environment you have others that are ahead of you, people that are bigger, better, faster, uh, people that uh, are more experienced, they know more, people that we can learn from. Uh, make sure that it's a place where you're continually challenged. Uh, you wake up every day with an excitement, not, not a yawn. You're excited about uh, going forward and growing and getting better. Your focus is always forward. Uh, the atmosphere is affirming. Uh, some of the other things they said is you're out of your comfort zone. Everything you need and want in life, but you don't have, it's outside your comfort zone. If it was inside your comfort zone, then you already have it. And so you want to wake up with an excitement to grow and to get better. Another part of developing a growth environment is realizing that failure is not your enemy, that failure is actually your friend. If you study highly successful people, you'll find out that they get a return from their failure. There were many other things they shared there, but one of the biggest parts of developing a growth environment is it's a place where growth is modeled and it's expected. A lot of times you'll hear, hear people say, well, I hope tomorrow will get better, but Hope is not a strategy. I like what John said. He said, it's better to hop to it than to hope for it. And so number one is, is to have it be growth-oriented instead of goal-oriented. Uh, number two, number two, and this comes from Les Brown, a quote that was given, you don't have to be great to start, but you have to start to be great. I hear it all the time. People talk about what they're going to do. They've got a vision. They're excited. And one day they're going to do this and someday they're going to do this. But the problem is they never get started. You don't have to be great to start. As a matter of fact, when you start, you're not going to be great because none of us do something in a phenomenal way the first time we do it or even the second time. But if we don't get started, 
we're never going to grow into the leader that we were created to be. And so get started. The third takeaway is, and Wendy loved this, my wife, she loved this. Chris Robinson shared, you know, we hear it all the time. People say attitude is everything. Well, Chris said attitude is not everything, but attitude is the difference maker. Attitude is the difference maker. You see, attitude's a choice. Uh, There's a lot of things that attitude can't do for you, but a proper attitude can change everything. Bad things happen to everybody. I mean, that's something you know. You've lived long enough, you know that bad things happen to everyone. But I love what he said about this. Was it a bad day or was it a bad five minutes that you milked all day long or all week long or all year long? You see, there's few people that can make bad experiences positive experiences. And if you want to grow in your leadership, be one of those people where Attitude is the difference maker. Now, how do you do that? How do you turn bad experiences around? Well, some of the the takeaways, there were many things. Choose a positive life stance. Life is not the way it's supposed to be, but it's the way it is. And the way you cope with it is the difference maker. In other words, your attitude. I love what he said. He said, if I have a positive stance, the good and the bad will become better. If I have a negative stance the good and the bad will become worse. And that's so true. So therefore, choose a positive life stance. Another thing he shared about how to turn bad experiences around is make good changes after a bad experience. We can't change what just happened, but we can make the next right choice. Embrace the value of a bad experience. Uh, Take time to reflect daily. Uh, He called it a reflection starter kit. And I like this three questions. What went right? What went wrong? And what could I do differently? Another thing to help us do this is to take responsibility. What do we really want? What will it cost? And are we willing to pay the price? Someone once said, and and I see this all the time, unhappiness is not knowing what you want and killing yourself to get it. How many people do you know who are unhappy, who are working themselves to death to try to get something that they don't even know what it is, Or maybe it's something that they don't really want, but they don't know how to get to get what they want. The fourth one is this. Don't complain about where you are. Instead, pay the price for where you want to be. This is a great one. You know, you can complain your whole life about where you are and you'll stay where you are or things will get worse. But instead of doing that, pay the price for where you want to be. What's it going to take? And then take the next step and the next step and the next step Be willing to make the sacrifice, be willing to take the risk, be willing to pay the price, and watch what happens. Number five, this is outstanding. Roddy Roddy Gilbreth shared this, and it is amazing. He said, put a 10 on the head of everyone who sits in front of you. In other words, everyone you come in contact with, look at them, treat them, and act like they're a 10. If, if John Maxwell were in front of you, or if some important athlete, or your hero, or somebody that you highly, deeply respected were in front of you, you would listen to them as if they were a 10 because you would see them as a 10. But what would happen if as a leader, we would, every person that we come in contact with, we would see them as a 10 and we would treat them as a 10. It would be amazing what would take place. Now, how do you do this? Well, here's the challenge because it's been studied and we know this to be true. 
that we often make snap judgments in under five seconds about an individual. In under five seconds, we think we know what well, we think we know their status, we think we know their intelligence, we think we know their success, we think we know their income, we think we know their charisma, uh, if they're attractive or not, if they're adventuresome. And if you're single, we think we know if they're dateable or not. In the first five, isn't that amazing what can happen in such a short time, how we make up our mind? And then here's what we do. We make up our mind and we look for evidence to support our decision. So what if we looked at everyone as a 10 and then we looked for evidence to support our decision? It would help us lead well and everyone deserves to be led well. Number six, and this was by uh, Pastor Chris Hodges. Church of the Highlands, and Wendy and I enjoyed uh, him as much or more than anyone, probably because it spoke to right where we're at as a leader, but he talked about equipping. In order to equip someone, you have to first understand that person, and he made this statement, and I love, listen to this statement, people don't learn when they understand, people learn when they feel understood. People don't learn when they understand, people learn when they feel understood. Everybody wants to be heard. Everybody wants to be understood. If we're going to equip others, then we need to understand them and they need to feel and know that they have been understood. How do we do that? Well, he gave five questions to help equip well, and I'm just going to share part of this maybe on another episode. I'll get in deeper on this because it's so good, but let me at least share the five questions. The first question is the clarifying question. What is the measurable win? Now, how do we do this? Well, we take out a piece of paper and write down what we think is the measurable win. Or if you're meeting with someone, have them do that. And you'll get good answers. You'll get different answers. Uh, the problem is in an organization, you'll find out that many people have a different finish line. And so we need to make sure that we clarify as a leader with those that we are leading so they understand, hey, this is the finish line right here. What, what are we about? I love what he shared. We're about reaching people. We're about helping them through issues. We're about training people, uh, mobilizing people. He said communication creates culture. And, and that's the fact. We communicate the vision. The second one is the action or the system question. What are you doing to accomplish the vision? Systems are important. As a matter of fact, uh, Stephen Covey said that your systems are perfectly designed to get the results you are getting. Systems deliver the vision, but there's often a disconnect between vision and systems. And so we need to make sure that we have systems in place that will lead us to the vision we're trying to accomplish. The third question is what he called the reality question. How are you doing? And that's when you pull off to the side and you check the gauges. He gave five ways to do this, and these are excellent. You're going to want to write these down. Number one is collect data. Number two is evaluate results. The, I love what uh, John Maxwell said. He said, the only thing better than, than uh, looking, at an, and looking at an experience and having an experience is evaluating the experience. In other words, you learn from the experience. And so that's what... Chris Hodges is saying here, evaluate the results. And then number three, celebrate the wins. You've heard me talk about that if you've been around very much, how important it is that we stop and we celebrate a win before we move forward. The fourth is confront the facts. In other words, face the facts. And then number five is get better. 
Make whatever changes you need to make so that you can get better as a leader and so your organization can get better, so your team can get better. If we don't get better, we will become a critic of those who are better. Number four is the culture question. What are the keys to success? You know, culture trumps everything. This is how it feels. You can't build a culture. You can only be it. The culture you have is you. You know, what are, how are you living? What culture are you creating? What environment? Uh, he talked about maintaining passion. The number one factor for credibility is the passion of the leaders. Are you passionate about what you're leading in? If you're not passionate, and then, of course, what I've always said, if you're not passionate about it, no one else is going to be passionate about it. The second thing is value people. People are so precious. Every single person matters. They matter to God. They should matter to us. Every single person was created on purpose, with a purpose. The third thing is pursue excellence. Pursue excellence. Excellence is so critical. It is more important to do a few things well than to do a lot of things not well. And I always say, start small, do it the best you can with excellence, and then it will grow and it will have even greater impact. The fourth is choose attitude. We already talked about that. We choose our attitude. How are we going to act? How are we going to react? Then the fifth question, this is probably my favorite out of all of it, probably because of what is called the now question, because it's where I find myself now. And I believe it's where you can find yourself as a leader now as well. He asked this question. Here's the now question. What one thing, if it got better, would make the biggest difference? What one thing in your leadership, in your organization, what one thing in your life, what one thing, if you got better at it, would make the biggest difference? And he gave a challenge to check that every six months. Why? So that we can get better as leaders. And so in order to do that, we, we need to ask those questions. And I want to challenge you to take time to ask those questions and reflect on those privately. I want to encourage you to take time. And if you're married, to reflect on those with your spouse. I want to encourage you to take time. And if you lead a team, to reflect on those with your team. Number seven, uh, Tracy Morrow said, and, and I love this. This is, this is so important. This will change. This is a game changer as well. Commit to show up each day as the best version of yourself. Commit to show up each day as the best version of yourself. Now, let's be honest. How many of us have showed up as not the best version of ourselves that day? How many of us have showed up and said, I just got to get through this day? How many of you showed up and you know what's on the agenda and you looked it over and you're like, oh my goodness, I just got to get through this day. Tomorrow will be better. No, no, let's make today better by committing to show up each day, today and then tomorrow and every day after that as the best version of ourself. She made a statement that someone said, hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard. Make sure that you work hard and do the best that you can every day. Number eight, love this one. Number eight is give up personal rights as a leader to help make things better for those you lead. In other words, put others first. Let me ask you a question. Are the people that you lead, are the people that I lead, are the people that we lead better off because we lead them? 
How do we leave people? Do we leave them better? Do we lead them better? Or do we leave them less? And so what I want to challenge us is, is to give up personal rights as a leader. Because a lot of times leaders will say, well, I'm the leader. I'm entitled to this. No, be a, you've heard me, you've heard me share on this. Be a servant leader. Servant leadership is the highest form of leadership. Let's lead the way by serving others. Lead the way by serving others. This is so good. So, so many good things. Uh, let me share uh, what Dr. Tim, Ilmore, Dr. Tim Elmore shared. And he shared a lot of things. He talked about making uh, the different generations on your team a competitive advantage and a new kind of diversity. And there's so much there. Uh, it was just outstanding. But, but I can't share all of it. So let me share this. Number nine. Number nine. Reverse engineering or reverse mentoring. I'm sorry, reverse mentoring. This actually uh, was something that Jack Welch in the 1990s as CEO of General Electric did. He matched seasoned executives with incoming rookies. In other words, he had the older generation pour into the younger generation, which we do in mentoring, but he also did reverse mentoring where he had the younger generation pour into the older generation. See, this is actually uh, not just something that Jack Welch discovered in the 90s, but this is something that we learned from the Word of God. I love what Dr. Maxwell shared. He said, everything I know, now remember, this is the number one leadership expert saying this. This is the number one leadership expert who sold the most books on leadership, bestsellers, and has spoke and led more people in leadership than anyone else in the world. And here's what he says, everything I know about leadership I learn from the Bible. Everything I know about leadership, I learn from the Bible. And reverse mentoring is found in the Bible where we teach one another and we learn from one another. So I want to challenge you uh, to learn. We, we've never been at such an amazing time as we are right now where we literally are alive. Think about this. We are alive at a time where there are five generations, five generations that are alive right now and we can pour in and we can teach each generation and we can learn from each generation so that we can become a better leader for every generation number 10 chris Gody shared this and this is outstanding belief in your preparation preparation is so important he made this statement do what you need to do before the moment so that you're ready in the moment. He gave an illustration about Rich Strike, the horse, the thoroughbred that won the Kentucky Derby. Uh, listen, this horse wasn't even in the lineup until there was a last minute, literally last minute scratch, and then Rich Strike was added. Now, no one expected. The, the odds were unbelievable. There's no way this horse is gonna rent win. This horse was not even supposed to be in the Derby. But the horse went on to win an amazing, probably one of the most amazing victories in the Kentucky Derby against all odds. But what I loved to learn was the backstory. The backstory. You see, the backstory is that Eric Reed, the trainer of Rich Strike, said, I didn't think he would win the race, but I thought he could win the race. And the owner and the trainer talked about it as well. And what they did was, and this is the most amazing thing, is Rich Strike, his trainer, his owner, and his jockey, 
They trained at Churchill Downs as if they were going to be in the race and win the race, even though they weren't in the lineup. So when the moment came, when the last second moment came for them to be in the race, they did what they needed to do before the moment so that they were ready in the moment. Let me ask you a question. Are you preparing? Are you preparing for the moment so when the moment comes, you'll be ready to deliver in the moment? That's so important. That is, that, that's an outstanding challenge. Number 11, and number 11 is um, actually by Don Yeager. Don Yeager shared some amazing things. Again, I can't share all of that, but he shared four threads to greatness. And he talked about what sets apart the great ones from the good, the average, the mediocre. And he gave four things. Uh, and, and if we're willing to do this as leaders, then we will become great leaders in whatever area of leadership that we find ourselves in. Number one, he said, greatness is available to all of us if we are willing to do common things uncommonly well. Are we willing to do common things uncommonly well? In other words, we don't ignore what we see as the small stuff, but we do the small stuff the best that we can and get better and better and better at all of the small things and then the next thing you know, we become a great leader. The second thing he said, it's not about physical aptitude. It's about mental, emotional, and spiritual discipline built into our daily routine. In other words, you don't have to be the smartest, and I'm thankful for that. But it's about mental, emotional, and spiritual discipline built in our daily routine. You want to change your life? Change your daily routine. What you and I do as a leader daily determines who we become as a leader and determines whether or not we lead well. The third thing he shared was, is greatness requires proper nutrition. What you feed yourself. Now, it's not just talking about what we actually physically eat, although that's important as well, but he's talking about daily routine of what we read. What are you reading? What are you putting in? What, what do you listen to? What podcast, what messages, what speakers, who do you spend time with. I want you to think about that. What are you reading? Who do you hang out with and listen to? Where do you spend your time? What do you watch? What is going inside of you? Because what's going inside of you will determine who you become. Number four, he said, they're continually growing themselves. They're committed to daily growing, growing yourself every day, getting better. And, and that is so important. Now, number 12, number 12 takeaway Again, just, just a couple more here. Number 12, he, Don Yeager talked about rubbing el elbows. In other words, it matters who you are around. How many times have you heard me say, show me your friends, I'll show you your future. You're the average of your five closest friends. And so look at those around you. The, think about and write down the names of the five people you spend the most time with. The family members, the five family members you spend the most time with. Professionally, the five people you spend the most time with, and in other areas of your life, who are the five people you spend the most time with? And, and, and ask these questions. Are they going where you're going? Do they want what you want? In other words, do they want what I want for me? And you may need to make some changes. Uh, he gave three top questions that you ask when you get in front of someone. What is important to them? How do you show that's important? 
Spend time, right? How do you, how do you show what's important? And then the third question is, what gets you going? What's the chip on your shoulder? Everyone successful has a place in their life where they did not get their due and they're always trying to prove something. In other words, they use that as motivation to get better. So who are you rubbing elbows with? Number 12, who are you hanging around? So important. Number 13, uh, Dr. Maxwell shared this, the capacity challenge. And he asked the question, how far can we go? How many people can we influence? What is the distance? Have you ever thought about that? In other words, let me say it another way. What is our potential? What is our potential, the impact that we believe that as a leader that we can reach? What is our capacity? In other words, how much impact and influence can we have in a positive way? Well, we got to get better. In order to increase our capacity, it requires discipline. And he shared a quote from Earl Nightingale, one that he applied to his life, and it made him who he is today, the number one leadership expert, author, speaker in the world. And here's the quote. Earl Nightingale said, spend one hour a day every day for five years, and you will become an expert in it. So for me, I've applied that to leadership. I'm going to study leadership an hour a day. I'm going to listen to a leadership podcast. I'm going to get around great leaders. In other words, every day I'm going to make it a point to grow in my leadership. And another is communication. I'm going to study communication. I'm going to listen to great communicators. I'm going to learn from great communicators. It could be any area of your life, but spend an hour a day every day for five years in that area or those areas, and you will increase your capacity as a leader in whatever area it is that you're focused on. These 13 takeaways are just a small portion of what I received this last weekend. But I want to take a moment and share those with you. I want to bring you back to what Dr. Maxwell said. Everything I know about leadership, I learned from the Bible. These principles are timeless, and when applied to your life, they will help you become the leader that you were created to be. I want to ask you to do me a favor, if you'd be so kind. If this podcast has been helpful to you, this episode or the other episodes we've recorded, will you do me a favor and will you rate it? And will you also share it on social media? Because if it's been helpful to you, I believe it will be helpful to others. And that's why we're here. The purpose of this leadership podcast is to come alongside you. Sometimes leadership can be lonely and we want you to know that you are not alone, that we believe in you and that we want to come alongside you and help you become the leader you were created to be. Thank you for listening to the Larry Crawford Leadership Podcast. For more information or to download the leader guide for this episode, you can go to our website, larrycrawford.live. To get in touch with us, send us an email at leadership at larrycrawford.live.